Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective and understanding of firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. All right, thank you very much, Johnny, for that fantastic introduction, and welcome to the Student of the Gun University podcast. It is a short-form, easy-to-digest, single-topic show, and uh, you should be listening to this and sharing it with other people. Yes, indeed. All right, today's topic, today's title, uh, Three Things That Every Gun Owner Must Understand. Yes, indeed. So uh, recently we did a, uh, I did a little seminar, a little class, and, and we're going to record it. Well, we did record it, and we're going to be creating it as a video, uh, a video, uh, what do I call it? I want to call it lesson. We're going we're to distribute it as content. It will be available to you as content, and it'll be called Living Armed. And uh, we deal with the three things that every gun owner must understand. No, regardless of whether or not you own guns for hunting or sporting or collecting or you have guns, you don't carry concealed, but you have a gun for home defense just in case or whatever. It doesn't matter. If you own a firearm, if there are firearms in your home, there are certain things you need to understand. Well, first and foremost, the first one is that you and all of the responsible adults and all of the children even, the truth is once your children are old enough to understand, you know, detailed things, you know, once they understand lists or what have you, uh, and, and when you say, well, when is that? Like six, seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, I don't know. Uh, we teach them the basic stuff when they're really little. Like if you see a gun, don't touch it, you know, Leave it alone. Go tell an adult, right? Um, don't play with guns. You, know, you see a gun, don't touch it. Go find an adult. Tell them, and they'll take care of it. You know, that kind of That's the kind of stuff you can teach a five-year-old, right? You can teach a five-year-old or a six-year-old that. If you can teach a five- or a six-year-old not to put your hand on the stove because it's hot, you know, don't stick forks in the wall sockets, um, Look both ways before you cross the street, you know, cross at the intersection with your bike. If you can teach them that, you can teach them, if you see a gun, don't play with it, find an adult, go tell an adult, right? You can teach them that. But once they get a little bit older, you know, once they get, you know, in there, I guess would be late elementary uh, age. I mean, I'm sure that when I was in fifth grade or fourth grade or whatever, I could could have comprehended things like uh, treat every gun as if it's always loaded all the time. Well, what, what do you mean? They're, they're not always loaded. No, we treat them not like that because no one ever had a negligent discharge and said, oh, man, I thought that gun was unloaded. Or, I'm sorry, loaded. They never say, oh, I thought the gun was loaded. No, they always say the exact opposite. They're like, oh, I thought it was unloaded. Well, if you treated all guns as if they were always loaded all the time, then that wouldn't have happened. Never allow the muzzle to cover anything you're not willing to destroy. You know, if every time you see a newspaper, an article, not a news, whatever, a news story about a quote accidental, you know, somebody accidentally shot somebody, police officer accidentally shoots, you know, student in academy, you know, somebody accidentally shoots somebody. All right. It's not an accident. It's negligent because they pointed a real gun 
at something that they they allow the muzzle to cover something to that that shouldn't have been shot, right? Number one, treat all guns as always loaded. So that way, there's none of this. Oh, it's okay. It's not loaded. I can point it at you. It's not loaded. No, that's that's not how we behave. Never allow the muzzle to cover anything you wouldn't be willing to destroy. If you're pointing a gun at something, uh, you need to ask yourself, if this gun were to go off right now, would someone innocent bleed? Would anything bleed? Would anyone or anything you know, bleed? Keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target and you've made the conscious decision to shoot the gun. The trigger is, well, it's the go button. It's the activator switch. That's what we push on to make noise. If you're not wanting to make noise, if you don't want the gun to fire, if you're not deliberately, purposely, you say, well, what about dry fire, smart guy? Uh, What did I say? Until your sights are on the target and you've made the conscious decision. So if you're dry firing, if you're engaging in dry fire practice, that means you put the sights on the target, whatever that happens to be, whether it's a blank wall or, you know, whatever, something in your garage, uh, and you've made the purposeful decision, right? But we're still not covering anything, the muzzle with anything that we shouldn't. We're still treating the gun as if it were loaded. So if you're dry firing, you need to understand this, If and dry fire should be part of your practice routine. When you dry fire, you need to be thinking before you even stroke that trigger one time, if this gun were to go off, would something in front of it catch that bullet and stop it from hitting anyone, right? That's why we don't point the the guns at interior walls because the interior wall of your house is not going to stop a bullet. It'll barely slow it down. Cinder block walls, check, good. Brick walls, check, good. A, A bookshelf stacked full of books, Yes, that'll stop a bullet, you know, things of that nature. And then the fourth one is easy. It's not hard, but know your target, what's around it, and what's beyond it. You need to think three-dimensionally. You know, if if you're in the bedroom, let's say you're in the bedroom. I don't know how your house is configured, but my bedroom is, is is butts up against the dining room, which butts up against the kitchen, right? If I'm in the bedroom... And where my, where my dresser is, on the other side of that wall is the dining room. So you have to think three-dimensionally. So if I pull up my gun and I set it on the, go to set it on the dresser and it were to go off to discharge, the bullet would go straight through that wall. It wouldn't slow down. And it would travel. And if someone was in the way of it, it would hit them. So you need to be thinking three-dimensionally. Know your target, what's around it, and what's beyond it. You see... Every time you see a story about someone being negligently shot, and it's not accident, it's negligence, it's almost never an accident. An accident is something that could not have been prevented. Negligence is someone doing something they shouldn't have done. Putting your finger on the trigger and pressing the gun. Pointing the gun at a person. Not knowing, pointing a gun at an interior wall, snapping the trigger, it goes bang, and a bullet careens through the wall and hits a person you know, on the other side of the room. That has happened. And why does that happen? It happens because people don't, they don't follow the universal safety rules. That is the first thing. That is one thing. I know it's four things, but anyone who owns any gun, 
doesn't matter whether they're a concealed carrier, even if you don't own guns for home defense. You just own them because, well, I, I, you know, I like to go out with my twenty two and, and shoot tin cans or, or whatever. You need to understand those, and every person who's responsible, you know, child and adult, in your home should understand those. Now, people who say, I don't have a gun for defensive purposes, but they have a gun. If you have a gun in your house and you realize that that burglars or bad people or someone is, is breaking into your home, even if you have never in your life considered using a gun to shoot a person, in that moment of fear and terror and panic, you're going to go for the gun. You will. All right, okay, 999,000 out of a million will go for, will go for that gun. And if you are, if you own a gun, you need to understand justifiable deadly force. You need to understand what the courts expect, what the law expects, how you will be judged, how your actions and behavior will be judged if you drop the hammer on a person. If you shoot a human being, there are certain things that you're, they're going to look at and they're going to say, okay, was there ability, opportunity, and intent? Now, I don't have time in this short form to go through the because that would be an entire half hour or more. But they're going to judge you, judge your actions, based on whether or not the threat had the ability, the opportunity, and the displayed intent to do harm to you, to do deadly force harm to you. And if all three of those are not present, you're wrong. And that's not just for citizens, that's for every American, for police officers, for, you know, uh, every human, every person is judged under the same, you know, they're judged under the same criteria. There's not two different sets of rules, or there should never, they're in a, in a constitutional republic, in a free society, in a society that's not run by a criminal government, there should never, ever, 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 ever be two sets of rules. If we ever find ourselves in a situation where the government says, well, there's one set of rules for us, and then we have a separate set of rules for you, you're living in tyranny. That is the definition of tyranny. When the government exempts itself from the rules that it applies to the citizenry, you are absolutely living under criminal tyranny. Okay, But the three things, the first thing you need to know all right, is you need to know everyone's got to understand universal safety rules. That's number one. Number two, you need to understand justifiable use of force. It's, we call it the big three checklist. You need to understand that. And you say, all right, well, cool. Well, the next thing you need to understand is you need to understand the actual definition of deadly force, the legal definition, not what the newspapers say, not what you think, not what you saw on television or on a movie or not what you assume, the actual legal definition of what is deadly force. Because under the law, deadly force actually has two components, death and or serious bodily harm. And you, I mean, death is pretty easy to understand. It's no longer being alive, right? It's room temperature. Once you assume room temperature, 
you know, you are dead. That's how that works. But what is serious bodily harm? What does that entail? If somebody, you know, that you don't like punches you in the nose, can you whip out your Roscoe and blast him through the cranium? You know, you're like, hey, use force against me that way. And I, he, I, he was serious, and so was I, so I shot him, you know. Uh, will the law say, oh, okay, yep, you're good? Or will they say, uh, no. And to what goes along with deadly force and understanding the definition of deadly force is a subset, a legal definition subset called disparity of force. What does that mean? Now, disparity means, by definition, it means difference, means a difference in. So, but if you are going to own a gun, like I said, I don't care if you're a concealed carrier or if you don't conceal carry. If you have a home defense shotgun or home defense pistol or home defense rifle, okay, or if you literally just have a gun in your house or, or two guns or three guns or whatever, if you own firearms, there's certain things that you need to understand. And you have to have those because we cannot, after the fact, you know, learning this stuff after the fact doesn't help. You know, learning the universal safety rules after the negligent shooting, I mean, it's good now you're learning it, but uh, it's too late to affect what already happened. You know, when, and people say this all the time, they ask me, like, when, when can I use my gun? When am I allowed? When does the law say I'm allowed to use my gun? And quite frankly, a lot of people, they watch way too many TV shows and movies, and they base their behaviors and their actions on what they've seen on television, and they do things like they shoot warning shots, which is just a stray bullet looking for an innocent person, or they think, I shoot to wound, right, you know, um, all of this ridiculous nonsense and all of that stuff, all of that comes, or I'll just, I, I, don't, I don't even load the gun because I, I don't want to have to shoot anybody, but I'll point it at them. I'll point the gun at them, you know, and then they'll be scared and they'll run away and, and so on and so forth. Uh, all of that, all the misconceptions, the misunderstandings, the rumors, the nonsense, that all comes from people not being properly educated. If pop, people were educated, if they understood the three things that I just mentioned, if they understood all of those things, then most of the nonsense that we see every day that we encounter, that we hear at gun shops or, you know, you hear, see stuff on forums or whatever, most of that nonsense would go away if people were just properly educated. So those are the three things that every gun owner must understand and uh, we are actually creating a product. It's not ready this right now, but pay attention. You should be signed up for a newsletter anyway. Uh, it's going to be called Living Armed, Understanding Guns for Home Defense and Concealed Carry. And it talks, you know, we're going to talk about all these things in detail. And it's not me making it up. No, I'm just, I'm just letting you know uh, what's out there. I'm, I'm going to tell you the information that police are taught in the academy. I'm going to tell you, you know, what the courts expect. I'm going to talk about, you know, legal jurisprudence. What is, what's the real deal versus what's, you know, nonsense and rumor. We need to separate those things. All right, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, thank you very much for being with me today. I'm glad you're here. Please share this show with somebody. Until we're together again, remember, you're a beginner once. 
you're a student for life. Thanks for joining us today. We are big fans of the value for value model. Please go to SOTGU.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson. It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life. Thank you.